Price for Thursday, September 14th, 2023. Coming to you from the Go Goat Sports Studio built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center downtown Vancouver. If you're looking for a bite out by the airport, we suggest the apron at the Western Wall Center YVRE. Locally fresh, be well. Mansic Harrison alongside Blake Price, Grace Sass, hitting switches, conducting things. This show, a presentation of the Applewood Auto Group celebrating 25 years with great deals on new Nissan Leafs and Rogues. Get you into the QX50, the QX60 lease from 3.99%. I'm taking that QX60 to Penticton today, and I can't wait. Drives beautifully, and I'm packing up all of our gear here. Yeah, you get the Plenty big of storage space, exactly. Be on the patio tomorrow at Neighborhood Downtown Penticton, recording parts of the show. So much looking forward to young starts here. Anyways, the 25th anniversary sale at Applewood. There are no-charge maintenance packages with purchase. A chance to win $25,000. See dealer for details. Because, Blake Price. It is all good at Applewood. Bodog poll question today in light of the comments from Pat Brisson, agent for Elias Pettersson yesterday. We're asking you, would missing the playoffs again this year mean the end of the Elias Pettersson era in Vancouver? Yes or no? You can vote at Sikharson Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. I'm just not sure. I made some money last week betting Cleveland, and I'm just not sure Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati offense is right right now. He got nicked, missed all of training right. camp. He's going to have two bad ones to start the season? I don't know. Well, I mean, they were dreadful. He was, they were dreadful. I'm getting three with Baltimore. It's a pretty good team on your Bodog line of the day. Now, on the poll question, we're going to flesh it out tomorrow Mm -hmm. in SVP, but I think we can agree it's going to have some effect. The question is how catastrophic an effect. Look, I hear everybody, and shout out Leo in my replies, saying, no, 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 it's just about waiting for the cap to go up. And I understand that to a degree, Mm -hmm. but the thing is, is Everybody knows the cap's going up. This deal wouldn't begin until next year. So they could throw all that money at him right now. And he said he wants to wait. So, no, I I think the Canucks are on notice here. You've been a gong show organization for the most part during Elias' tenure. And if he's got an opportunity for greener pastures, more competitive pastures, just a more functional organization top to bottom, I think he's very well looking at that opportunity beyond this year if things don't go well. Well, it can't be purely about the cap hit because, um, as we know, we've been duped by rosier projections for the cap to go up uh, in the past. No, but this time it's... No, no, it's going up, yeah. but it maybe it only goes up $3 million, not the 4 or 5 that's being projected. And so right now, you'd think if you're Pedersen... You capitalize on most people's assumptions that it's four or five that's going up for it and, and say, hey, Canucks, time to spend all that money. I just don't. What think, if it only goes up by three? I just don't think that changes the price of Pedersen, though, all that much. Well, they'll just say figure it out. I mean, you, you could argue, yeah, a percentage of the cap. And really, um, Austin Matthews didn't take as much as we thought he would take nope. on his extension. In terms of percentage, no. But, you know, I think we know roughly what the, the number is going to be salary-wise. Yeah. So, yeah, and anyways, very, very big season, needless to say, for the Vancouver Canucks and for their players. And, yes, it is the narrative that will 
underline the results early in the season and as we get closer to the trade deadline? Where are they vis-a-vis the playoff line? And if it transpires like last year, and Blake, we have had two consecutive Octobers here where they have just buried themselves. Can't have that again. If the Canucks are in that predicament again, I think they will be one of the talks of the National Hockey League because I think teams will be loading up packages to trade for Elias Pettersson. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be big. It's a big season for some way. Again, like mm-hmm. we, there's a bunch of different plot lines that could branch off of a bad season. Mm-hmm. But they're going to hope that that doesn't get to that point. They're going to have a good season and everything falls in the line. That's going to be the goal. Tyler Myers gets his $5 million bonus tomorrow. It has been very quiet on that file, Blake. What are the chances they have a deal ready to go tomorrow after that bonus is paid? It's a non-zero chance. But I I, I'm not going to give it a big chance. But it's a non-zero mm-hmm. chance. Like, I, am I going to be flabbergasted? No. Lightning bolt, like the Philip Peronic trade. I think there's a possibility here. Yeah. Again, like you, I think it's much closer to zero than it is to 180. Yes, or but, even 50. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I do think we're on that watch. They've, I think they've been interested in trading him in the past. Although the other consideration is you're trying to make the playoffs. And again, he's a National Hockey League player. Oh, he absolutely is. I mean, he's one of your best five or six defensemen. I think you can say that. Yes. You'd wish his cap it was three million. Right. But yeah, still a National Hockey League player. And if you're trading him, are you getting something back that helps you or are you simply just getting off the contract? Because no. if it's the latter, that doesn't exactly jibe with trying to make the postseason. Unless you've got a corollary move right. also lined up. So, yeah, a lot of permutations there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would guess, would you agree with this, that if there is a deal in place, we're going to know about it within 48 hours? Yeah. Like, I, there's no point in waiting. Like, everybody knows when the when the thing... You could be right. negotiating the trade today. No question. Like, it like would be weird for him to be traded, I think, September the 20th. Like, if you're going to make the trade, get everything, get ducks in yeah. a row for training camp, make the deal now. John Shannon told us a couple of weeks ago that he talked to, like, 10 or 11 teams that already said, hey, we're set. Like, we've got enough tough decisions with our own right. opening night. So, yeah, I, I I do think every day that passes after tomorrow where there's no Tyler Myers trade points to a scenario where Tyler Myers begins the season as a Vancouver Canuck. Yes. Not sure he ends the season as a Vancouver right. Canuck. Different calculus but begins. There. Yeah. The Bob McKenzie preseason draft rankings are out, and it only stands to reason that Bobby Mack has Mack Celebrini mm-hmm. as his number one overall prospect, pointing towards two consecutive years here where the first overall pick can be a Vancouver kid or a lower mainlander in Macklin Celebrini. It's a pretty good-looking draft class of defensemen, Blake. And I started, you know, I was looking back at the Tom Wielander pick here and some of the comments about him, and I think everybody agrees that, you know, there are some tools there that he could be a good National Hockey League player. But I think it's also clear that the Vancouver Canucks said to themselves, we must get a defenseman with our first-round pick this year. And I do sort of wonder whether they may have shot that shot a year early. The top three are all forwards. Macklin Celebrini, who's at Boston University now. Cole Iserman, a winger with the 
National Team Development Program. You saw him at the, what was it, under-17 under hockey challenge, yeah. Uh, incredible goal-scoring winger. Uh, Ivan Demidov, a winger with the St. Petersburg Club in Russia, one, two, three. Then you get into a lot of defensemen and right-shot defensemen, too. Uh, this Artem Levshinov, who's a Russian, who's, or actually I think he's Belarusian, playing at Michigan State. Sam Dickinson, Zane Parekh, Henry Muse all make Bob's top 16. All three of them played for Canada at the under-18s this year. We talked about that. There's the um, Adam Yurichek, who's the brother of David Yurichek, who was a high pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets and may play this year. He's another right-shot defenseman out of the Czech Republic. There's a big six-foot-six six Russian uh, Siliev, who apparently moves really well, six six two zero three, and moves well, can play with the puck, Blake. He may be the Simashev riser. And then Kivi Harju, who we've heard about for a long time, the Finnish kid. He's a left shooter, but a talented defensive. It looks like a terrific class. There's a kid in Calgary, Yakemchuk, Carter. So it looks like a very tantalizing class of defensemen <laughs> next year. And... Um, as we know, Blake, we're into the Caden, Braden, Raiden, yeah, Jayden for sure, yeah, era of draft picks. Shout out to Caden Lindstrom of the Medicine Hat Tigers, playing for our old buddy Willie D there mm-hmm. from Chetwin Minor Hockey. We had a first rounder last year from McBride Minor Hockey. So well done, British Columbia and minor hockey associations across the province could be another terrific year. Speaking of draft picks, mm-hmm. should be noted, Jonathan LeCaramacchi has opened his regular season account in Good. the opener. So we're seeing progress here. Great playoffs last year. Great preseason this year. Mm-hmm. And he scores in the opener of the regular season now as well. Mm-hmm. Is Jonathan LeCaramacchi, remember all these debates about the, the Canucks draft rankings and who is Ratu really their best prospect right now are we going to see all of these things change where LeCaramacchi goes well could be. rocketing to the top very after a well good could year. be because LeCaramacchi has the thing that Wheelander probably isn't going to have this year and that's stats yep high high For, ceiling freshman too. defenseman coming over from the Swedish league I would not think that Tom Wheelander is going to put up a huge offensive year at Boston University we spoke with his coach Jay Pandolfo a few weeks ago it's a pretty good program, but he, even some, even even if it was a lesser program where he'd be more prominent, I mean, he's just that's just not his projection. Like he's not Quinn Hughes. He he will contribute. He will get points, mm-hmm. but the top end ceiling is going to be way higher on a guy like Lekaramaki, who right, who could fill the net. Well, and that's what he was drafted for. He was yeah drafted for high end ceiling. So yeah, uh, so I, I would suspect that if Lekaramaki fully rehabilitates what was, let's face it, a difficult year last year until he got to the playoffs. This could be a really then, good story. And I think Canucks. he's got a ton of upward. Yeah. A ton of upward mobility up the Canucks draft rankings and, of course, uh, atop all sorts of prospect rankings. Uh, by the way, BU has that uh, Lane Hudson kid, the uh, little defenseman the Montreal Canadiens took all right, in the third yes. round. So yeah. I think he is going to eat up a lot of the power play time and offensive offensive opportunity with the Terriers this this season. Speaking of draft picks, Ole Levy is on a PTO in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We will update you if he has found splayed in a corner after a bag skate. 
I mean, I think he is what he is. Oh my god! But at the same time, like he's he's been served a couple of notices now that his professional no. career is at risk here. Like, if, if I'm his agent, like, wouldn't you have been at the gym? I, I take that still photo. Yeah, and I blow it up to billboard size. Make it a mural, and I deliver it to Oli's house in the off season, and I go, son. This is the enduring image of you right now yeah. around the National Hockey League. You better report to wherever you're reporting in September in the finest shape you have ever been in and can't be any th- and there can be like no repeat of this. Not only can you not be that, don't even dare be one of the last guys to finish. You've got to be one of the leaders cuz otherwise and see, that's control. Enjoy Helsinki because I think that's where your ha- hockey career is going to max out. At, at this point, your skill is probably your skill, and you can refine it. I'm not saying you're a finished right. product. You can refine it, but I think your ceiling is sort of uh, you know identifiable at this age. But you can be more fit. Like that is a thing you do have mm-hmm. complete control over: strength and fitness. Like that is really easy to fix. So I don't know if it's Gary Roberts, whoever's considered to be at the forefront of of hockey offseason fitness right now. But I, if I'm only you, Levy, I would have said my career hangs in the balance, Mister Agent Fellow. Send me to whomever I need to be sent to. He says Gary Roberts, which may be a little dated, but at least yes. he didn't say BioSteel. More on them yes. later. Yes. Uh, incidentally, NHLPA Executive Director Marty Walsh, or Maddie, because he's from Boston, mm. and Assistant Executive Director Ron Hainsey are in Columbus today to meet with some Blue Jackets players as part of the investigation into Babcock and the uh, whole, let me see your phone, he said, he said yesterday, or Tuesday, where Babcock and Boone Jenner say, hey, look, it was innocuous. It was just, hey, show me some of your family photos. Yeah. Uh, the report from Biz Nasty and Spitting Chicklets was that, no, he demanded their phones. We'll see where that goes. Hey, we got a very special guest in studio. Longtime Sakaris and Price listener. She makes a lot of our events. She has sewn us so many things over the past. Seamstress for the show, mm-hmm. Lydia in Burnaby. Quilted. Yes. yes. So thank you, Lydia, for... Stopping by, and then, look, that goes for longtime listeners. If you're here around, long, around Wall Center and you got a few minutes, stop on by the lower lobby level of the North Tower. Come say hello. You can look right in the glass into us doing the show. You'll have to differentiate yourself, though, from the people that think that we're the Rocky Mountaineer desk. That's right. We're not the Rocky Mountaineer, yeah. although some days I wish we were. They do gangbuster business over there. Well, it's a beautiful trip. Yeah. BC Lions, last chance to enter our contest win tickets for Saturday's big game, 4 p.m. BC Place against the Ottawa Red Blacks. We'll be celebrating amateur football, minor football. Those kids' concessions are back. Text hashtag Lions to 778-402-9680 for your chance to win not only a pair of tickets, but a gift card at the team store and a food and bev voucher. 8-4 and four BC, who will play, because we're in the NFL season now, Blake, so not a lot of Sunday CFL games left. So eight and four BC will know how the six and four riders fared at home against Edmonton. They'll know how the ten and three Winnipeg Blue Bombers did in Hamilton yeah. before their game kicks off. And really, and we got Rick Campbell on the show later. I think the split between Winnipeg and Saskatchewan was kind of the best. Thing. No, you can't expect the riders to take both. Well, so. not only that, yeah. but it gives you a little buffer from below. Too, right yep. after the riders get shellacked like that. Yep. Otherwise, Saskatchewan would be seven and five and one game back of you, with of course that game coming up on the 29th. Yep. 
That's, so that's quite a week. The 29th and the what's the Winnipeg game? The sixth. The sixth. Oh boy. Yeah. Seahawks, the fifth overall pick, Devon Witherspoon. He's a go. The rookie corner looks like Jamal Adams going to be a game time decision. Doesn't look like Charles Cross. Their left tackle is going to make it. And then they've got a lot of injuries in the front seven as well. Yeah. Bobby Wagner pulls the team aside before practice. I saw Captain Bell tweeting about this. Said, I haven't seen this a whole lot. Wagner pulled the team together before practice, got in the middle, and started laying down the law. The Seahawks middle linebacker. Embarrassing second half. Embarrassing second half. And he said to them, apparently, everybody here should have a bad taste on their in their mouth and carry it through to Sunday for effort level. Hawks need a win here. That was a, I mean, amongst the worst losses in week one, I think you can put Seattle on the short For list. sure, especially You were at home. favored yeah. against a team that wasn't very good last year. You're a playoff team. You typically have that great home field advantage. Yeah. And you got absolutely shellacked in the second half. And, and you had a, yeah, you had a halftime lead. You mm-hmm. weren't great in the first half, but you have your halftime lead. Right. Like, it was there. Huge news out of Camp Whitecap. And Blake, you foreshadowed this yesterday. I wish you would have broke the story on it. <laughs> we finished recording the show and shortly thereafter learned that Canadian International Junior Hoylet will be the guy coming in to replace Sergio Cordova, who's off to a Turkish side. This is the third Canadian International they have added here. I almost thought it was conjecture. That's why I didn't really run with it, because I I didn't believe it was going to happen. And boom, it does. Three of them, and he's a 33-year-old, so he's going to have a different impact that Adekube and Lorea have. He might not make the starting 11 a lot of nights, because he'll be a super sub instead. But that's okay. He's a a fine player. He's been great of late for, for the Canadian men's team. He was without a club... He had been playing at Reading, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Did Bobby Leonard Uzi at one point not? Uh, mm, I, don't, I, don't I believe Bobby yeah. was with Reading once upon a time. Cardiff City before that. Queens Park Rangers before that. Blackburn Rovers before that. He was really amongst the early comers here yes. before Alfonso Davies, where we looked around and went, hmm, some pretty decent Canadian soccer players in the pipeline. When him and our field joined, we're like, okay, there's some talent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now he's a winger, but he can play striker. I mean, he's rarely striker, but based on his skill set, yeah, I could see him there. Uh, yeah, he's not usually a striker. It's okay. usually wide, and that's not really of anything. He doesn't mind wing backs, but he doesn't like wingers. Um, I would suspect they bring him inside a little bit. Okay. He is not a DP, nope. nor does he cost them any targeted allocation money. Nor should he be a DP at the end no. of the season, I wouldn't think. Well, he's only signed through the end of this year. Yeah. So both sides are basically going to take a look-see here, see how they yeah. like, and move on from there. But Nathan Durick reports, if they can keep him and not have to spend DP or TAM, then that opens up money to keep Larea yes. around as well. And possibly DP Larea, and mm. they're expecting a fourth DP spl- slot next year. Oh, wow. So that still allows the Caps to go out and find mm. an extra That's difference very interesting. Maker. Yeah. And then shout out Joshua Ray, Nathan's uh, partner there at Area 51 Sportsnet. He did a ranking of worst White Caps DBs, Blake, or DPs, Blake. Yeah? Where did Cordova go? Well, he, he, Joshua assessed that Cordova was the worst signing of the Axel Schuster he, era. Uh, I disagree with that. Okay. Yeah. Who would be worse? Um, 
Who was that kid they signed a few years ago that they thought would be great? The young DP, I, I believe it was the South American. Well, there's there was a couple. I'd have to go back okay. and get the names because that's the thing is that so many of these guys were fleeting. Yes, like Mustafa Jarju. Yeah, remember him? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you remember Breck Shea was on DP Money here at Once Upon a Time? Breck Shea had one spectacular MLS year, and he rode those coattails <laughs> for years afterwards. And then lastly, the fiery redhead, our boy, Barry fucking Robson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> he was a little pepper pot, Barry. Remember he had that one terrific game where he checked Beckham? Yes. He cared he was, once. He was going to be the antidote to David Beckham. Um, that one game. We got into some Barry Robson tales, I don't know, a few <laughs> months back at BC Place prior to a game, and I heard some interesting things. The guy just seemed to be angry at all times. Yeah, and it wasn't just like, on I'm the pitch. I'm not sure I ever saw him smile. I don't think he was a favorite in the room, believe and, it or not. Every story I got was, yeah, that guy's a little angry. He's a little intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something else. Oh, the Vancouver Canadians, they were never in it last night. They gave up three runs in the first inning down in Everett in Game 2 of the Northwest Lake Championship Series. And it got worse from there. 10 nothing. the Aquasocks win Game 2. So what that means, everybody, is you can still go to a baseball game here at the NAP. Game 4, Saturday, yes. 7 p.m. There are tickets available. If you want to go to Friday's game... You're going to have to get them on a secondary market as they're sold out. But Saturday, they still have tickets for game four. And if necessary, game five would go Sunday at 1 p.m. Good luck to the Canadians in game three. I'll be there game four. Get a little rest, recuperate. I was listening to Tyler Zickel on the broadcast last night. Do you know the... Uh, Every DJ was letting the music slide a little too long when the pitcher was ready. So time for some home field oh. advantage, some home cooking here in Vancouver, maybe. Maybe the C's were watching the parent club. Who lost a third in a row to Texas and have been outscored in this series 26-7, to trying to salvage today. They're now one game back of Seattle for the final wild card. Remember so that sweep we were giving the them credit for? Yes. They just unsweeped it. <laughs> out of the postseason. Here's the other thing, Blake. Lowest home attendance of the season Monday, third lowest last night. And they booed them. Now, the third lowest attendance, 25-5. If that's your third lowest right. attendance, that's pretty not, darn good. It's not, it's not, not the like days the Mariners a few years ago. Yeah. Basketball filling some of these Mariners fans getting all over me. Weren't you criticizing our team for not showing up in September pennant races? Well, yeah, because you weren't at 25,000. And because your crowds to that point sucked, too. But I think if this is the Toronto fans going... You're supposed to be way better Blake, than this. They're not a likable team. No, they're not. They're not a likable team. That's why they haven't pulled me they, in like they have. They don't have as much fun as the previous teams, which for some was a benefit, but for others it yep. hurt. They do not hit with runners in scoring position. They're the worst in Major League Baseball. This is from Mike Wilner. They haven't overcome a deficit of more than two runs to win a game since before the All-Star break. So when they get down by two, they're dead. Mm -hmm. They don't hustle the first base, Vladdy. And they take some really mindless at-bats. So, and who's having a great year? Just Bichette? Like, is, like is, is he the only guy having well, a great some year? Some pitchers are having great years, yes. but amongst their hitters, no, you're right. And we've said all year, you're waiting for the first year where Bichette and Vladdy are both great together. Mm -hmm. 
Where would they be without David Schneider and Whit Merrifield? Well, right. Schneider's been off the hook. Honestly, the whole Buffalo Brigade, like even Kevin Biggio's been good. Of yep. Yeah, in in his role. Yeah. Right. And I, we say Bichette's been good. Bichette's still below his career OPS. Yeah. Oh, he's fought some injuries here in the second yeah. half. But no, uh, frankly, if they didn't make the playoffs, I'd be the first one to say they didn't deserve no, to make totally. the playoffs. No, yeah. totally. You are what your record is in this regard. Although, as we talked about too, though, the third wild card spot may be the sweet spot. So do they find a way to yeah. surf that put to it, victory? Put, put it this way. This is not intentional. No, no, it's not. <laughs> they could accidentally get things easier, though. Uh, and, uh, of course, they have the Yankees coming up, so that's kind of been a get-well card for other teams. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Let's get to today's menu. It's brought to you by AG1. And it is time for you to start your day. I, that's how I do it. I start my day with AG1. But, of course, there's uh, the whole day for you to take care of your health. So what we want you to do is go to drinkag1.com slash and Price and uh, unlock a special offer. Rob Williams, Rob, the hockey guys coming up here. We'll talk about Elias Pettersson. We'll talk about Quinn Hughes. He's targeting... Atu Ratu is a player that should be noticeable this weekend in Penticton at Young Stars. Talk as well about the digital ad boards, the NHL pushing back on how great they are. We'll get to some hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter, including a heartbreaker out in New West and a, some stark criticism for Abbotsford's Chase Claypool. Rick Campbell, head coach of the BC Lions, will join us. Rick tells us that penalties are what's holding his football team back. They did a self-scout during the bye week, and he's identified penalties saying, we're too good a team that if we just don't beat ourselves with penalties, we should be fine. And there's also good news here about another Abbotsford football player, Bo Lacumbo. And we'll go to the people today. Your hot takes, your tell me I'm wrongs, you can always send them in. 778-402-9680, the Great Clips text message inbox. Email live at scaresomeprice.com. Or, of course, on Twitter, at Sakarison Price. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing, Neighborhood Brewing, Workshop Spirits, and very excited to announce the release of Yellow Dog's very first mix pack, Box of Tricks. Choose between the classic Play Dead IPA, the award-winning Rough West Coast IPA, and two brand new beers, Growl Extra Pale Ale and Tug of War New Zealand IPA, hitting the shelves on Tuesday November 7th, and at the end of a busy workday, treat yourself to a yellow dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at Applewood.ca. Secure some price from Wall Center. Presentation Applewood Auto Group. Hashtags best and worst of Twitter.com. Brought to you by Jason Hominick. Jason.mortgage. And we know the market's doing all sorts of crazy things. If you're thinking about buying a home, find out where you stand now. Get yourself pre-approved. There you go. Don't play catch-up. Get the best advice. Jason Hominick. Jason Domorgan. Market just got flooded, too. I was on the web of the listings last night. I don't know. People think that 
The housing market's going to perk up, it looks like. So, yeah, make sure your ducks are in a row. Um, unlike BioSteel, wow. who filed for bankruptcy protection in the U.S. and Canada, as uh, Scott Wheeler points out, at Scott C. Wheeler from the Atlantic, pretty Athletic. significant. Athletic. Uh, what did I say? Atlantic? Atlantic yes. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a pretty good gig. Very highbrow reading. Yeah. Pretty significant news in the world of sports. BioSteel are a major sponsor of the NHL, NHLPA, Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, Alfonso Davies, Glaber Torres, the Blue Jays, Ezekiel Elliott. USA Hockey's top prospects game, etc., etc. They recently held their uh, NHL camp and have also deleted their main Twitter profile. Wow. Like they are, like it's gone. I so mean, it, it BioSteel will cease to exist. I think quite a lesson in illusions, huh? That you know that marketing and association with athletes and influencers and endorsers. You think, oh wow, look at this company. Now, when this company blew up. Mm-hmm. I was really slow to like people it, like it was around and I was like, yeah. what is by like, who is what? Mm-hmm. There's a Gatorade competitor that's not a PepsiCo or, or like, like it wasn't backed by any. It was just a another company trying to make a go of it. Mm-hmm. And you're right. They sort of tried to fake it till they made it and only mm-hmm. they haven't made it. So they were bought by a cannabis company. A canopy growth. Yeah, yeah that's 2019 the and they've cut off their funding and now they're trying to sell it off. Uh. They only made what is it thirteen did they million? Do they make THC drinks? Uh, can it be growth under know. their own brand, not under BioSteel? BioSteel pulled in smoke. BioSteel spent one hundred and fifty million dollars in the first three months of twenty twenty three. They made seventeen mil. That's not a lot of. Uh, no, uh, yeah, th- those numbers don't add. No. Oh, things are not good for Abbotsford's Chase Claypool. At Peyton's son, this is Jared Peyton the. Son of the late grade all-time, one-time all-time NFL rushing leader Walter Payton and a former CFL pro with the Argos and Alouettes who now does media in Chicago. If Chase Claypool watched the film and didn't feel embarrassed by his overall effort, something's wrong. And if I was head coach Matt Eberflus and didn't see a more motivated number 10 versus the Bucks, he wouldn't get on the plane with the team back from Chicago. This is just a... Back to Chicago. It's just I'm just so disappointed by all this. You remember the rookie season Chase Claypool had with the Steelers, and every week we were talking about the pride of Abbotsford and what he's doing out there for Canadian football players, particularly at positions where, let's face it, haven't had a ton of great Canadian receivers play no. in that league. Jerome Payton here, of course, uh, played and played well for a number of years. And we thought, wow, look at all the touchdowns he's catching. He's an elite special teamer. Sky's the limit for this guy. Big physical. Well, he got on the wrong side of Mike Tomlin, and he got traded, and the Steelers reaped a hell of a return, the 33rd overall pick in the draft. And he was very meh in a handful of games last year with the Bears, and then the offseason came around, and you started getting... All these murmurs. Yeah. And Chase... Claypool needs to pick it up and pick it up soon. He is BC Lions property in the Canadian Football League. But I don't think they want to get him in that. I hate to bring that up. Yeah. But but if, if... I mean, there were some clips going around like of his effort on running routes or blocking that were... I'm just scrolling Twitter right now, and there is a lot of them from that one game. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. P- 
people are putting the ISO cam on them and going, what in the heck is that? Uh, boy. I mean, it's it's so far off a cliff that you wonder mm-hmm. if there's something deeper going well, on here. Honestly, because he – or Blake, he just treated that rookie year like a finish line, said, I made it. Nine touchdowns, 70 or – But he's had, he's had the wake-up call, getting traded. He's had the wake-up mm-hmm. call again with his lack of production last year. And, and it's not like the mm-hmm. million-dollar checks are going to keep rolling in. He knows that. The NFL is a non-guaranteed league. Wow. You know what it was? Mm. All those TikToks with Juju Smith-Schuster in Pittsburgh. I'm telling you. Destroyed him. Get off the TikTok, kids. (laughs) China's listening. Oh, my gosh. I digress. Oh, my goodness. At MLS Network. (whistles) CF Montreal midfielder Matko Miljevic played in a local amateur soccer league the QCSL, under a fake name due to a lack of playing time. After playing in three matches, Miljevic reportedly punched a player in the face and the victim may now file for assault. So, while we've talked about all these unbelievable signings for the Whitecaps out here on the other side of the country. Like, who would have thought not long ago that the Whitecaps would become the model the Canadian They MLS are the apple fans. of the MLS exactly. eye here in Canada. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'm not playing, so I'm going to go play in this rec league and then get in fights. I, I actually think my grandfather played that rec league a half century ago. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> Unbelievable. At, oh, uh, too bad. Because I understand uh, Queen's Park Arena was really rocking here. But at the record, breaking the drive for 25, we'll have to wait another year as the new SM and Bellies fall 4-1 in the best of seven Man Cup finals to the Six Nations Chiefs. Yeah, I saw some clips from the arena. Looks like a great time. So our boy Ian McCletchie was out there. Mm. Not to be. Still 24 championships all-time or Man Cups all-time. That's not bad, New West. Well done. I'm going to finish mine on a funny note here. Oh, okay. Um, Can I go first then? Yeah, sure. I like to end on a funny yeah, one. Yeah. I find myself rooting for Lewis Hamilton more and more in Formula One. One, because he's, you know, the old guy now and I'm a nostalgist, but also because what he has brought to that sport and what he continues to need to bring to that sport, conscience. Lewis Hamilton says Formula One needs to do more to fight discrimination in the wake of offensive comments by Red Bull boss Helmut Marco. The 80-year-old boss of the Red Bull team, when discussing Mexican driver Sergio Perez, said he's had trouble focusing this season because he's a South American. Went on to say he's not like Max, who's Dutch, or Sebastian Vettel, the former world champion, who's German. So first of all, he's not South American. He's, he's North American. These are these wild Latin people. Is that what he's saying? Like, is, it, is He's not South American. No. He's North American. Yeah. Mexico is part of North America. This is the second time he's actually called him a South American. <laughs> and he attempted to clarify and has since apologized. You may remember Red Bull was the only team last year to not issue a statement rebuking former world champion Nelson Piquet after racist remarks. The reason being... Max Verstappen's dating PK's daughter. And here's the other thing, Blake. Formula One world champions from Argentina. Juan Manuel Fangio five times 
Ayrton Senna from Brazil three times. Nelson Piquet from Brazil three times. Emerson Fittipaldi from Brazil twice. So you have 13 championships all time. In South America. Coming from South America. Where Ramos drivers. again is not from. Where <laughs> Perez, Perez is not from. Oh, man. Go on, Lewis. Coach him up. Unbelievable. At KAJ33, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, I saw this. Brilliant. On a flight with someone who lived up, in brackets, or down to his name, hashtag Martin Short, hashtag comedy royalty, um, <laughs> the two of them in business class somewhere, and uh, yeah, the high difference is remarkable, mm-hmm. but it didn't end there. No. Quote tweeted by Wonder Woman, at real Linda Carter. Yeah. Wait a minute. Aren't you the co-pilot, Kareem? <laughs> a reference to the classic Airplane. film Airplane. Did you see all the Martin Short fans stick up for him yes. against that writer? I read the piece tip to tail. And look, if he's not your cup of tea, he's, he's an not your taste. cup of tea. Yeah. But the blowback was, and it made me feel good because I want to believe, and I met him once at a Tiger Cats game. He's a big uh, Tabby's fan growing up in Hamilton. I want to believe that Martin Short is what you see is what you get. Yeah. That he's just a really kind, funny yeah, you know, outlandish, cardish Canadian, but all of those things, and the way his fan base reared up after this hit piece was heartwarming. I, I enjoy him far more now than I did as a as a younger person. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, maybe it's old man comedy, but only Murders in the Building is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I, periodically, Jiminy Glick clips will circulate mm-hmm. on on Twitter and. To me, they're way funnier now than they were back were then. Because and the, you can see, like the stars are they're in on it, of course, and they they can't keep it together. So when you're in on the mm-hmm. on the joke and you still can't keep it together, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty damn funny stuff. And that's hashtags for today. Cares Price from Wall Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group. And right now with this 25th anniversary festival going on, it is the time. If you've been putting it off, this is the perfect month to do it. Heck, you could get rewarded for even taking cars for test drive. So head down to the Richmond Auto Mall. You got Applewood Mitsubishi right beside Applewood Nissan and Infinity. Take one for a test drive and you automatically get entered into this uh, contest to to win $25,000. Never mind if you do end up pulling the trigger on a car. No charge maintenance package. It's worth up to $2,500. Whether you want to drive the car that Matt's been test driving, the fabulous Infinity, or the Mitsubishi Outlander plug-in hybrid, still have yet to fill up my tank. Mm. Go check it out right now at Applewood. You taking the uh, Mitsubishi? I am. Yeah. First, first uh, long haul right. in it, yeah. Taking the QX Infinity, QX60 Infinity up there as well. Bodog poll question, would missing the playoffs again this year mean the end of the Elias Pettersson era in Vancouver? Yes or no? You can vote at Securison Price on Twitter. We'll ask that of our next guest. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. And Bodog, line of the day from me. New England lost to a very good Philly team. Miami beat a good, we think, Chargers team. I like divisional home dogs early in the season, so I'm taking the Pats plus three Sunday on your Bodog line of the day. Here's Rob Williams, the national sports editor of the Daily Hive. Rob, the hockey guy on Twitter. How are you? Doing great, fellas. How are you? Good. Fantastic. Hockey season's upon us tomorrow, Rob. 
people in Canucks sweaters will be <laughs> on the ice contesting a game. So there you go. Penticton and the Young Stars tomorrow. We'll get to that in a second. Answer me the poll question off the top. What do you think? Is this a playoff or bust season for the Canucks with regards to retaining Elias? No, I, I do. I do think. I mean, I think it depends how the season goes. Certainly, like he's. It's. It's. If there's another tire fire of a season, I think this could go very badly for the for the Canucks in, in keeping Pedersen. If they're competitive, if they're right in the mix, if they just miss. Um, but there's reason to be hopeful, you know, going forward, then I think certainly it, it could be a case where he feels comfortable to, uh, to resign and, and, uh, gives him a bit more faith in the organization. Mm. But I, I do think it, it does like their, their performance does matter, but I think I do see a world where they could be a good team and just miss out, um, for various reasons. Yeah, the path to ninety points can be a, a, can be different. If they have a terrible start and it takes them all season to dig out of a hole, only to get to ninety points, I don't think that's very good for the health and welfare of, of Elias Pettersson. But if they're constantly slugging it away on the edge of the playoffs the whole time, finish with ninety points, I think that might be enough to keep them. Can I ask a question? And it is perhaps a function of the bar being so lowered here <laughs> in this market. No, but do Good teams miss the playoffs in this league when 16 of 32 make it. Uh, good, uh, passable teams like, for do. For me, yes. mediocre teams sneak in. I mean, at nowadays, like... Both can be true. Both can be true. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And it could be season to season. Like, yeah. To me, Seattle Conference was a Conference. good team last year, got 100 points, were the second last team in. Hmm. Uh, the Jets, to me, were more a mediocre team uh, as the last team into the Western dance last year, but you, you tell me, Rob. Yeah. I mean, look at the Calgary flames. They had more points than the Florida Panthers last year. Flames miss it. Panthers go to the final. Right. So there, you know, it is a somewhat, mm-hmm. I don't know, somewhat arbitrary uh, distinction, I guess, for mm-hmm. you make it in, you're good. You miss it. You're, you're bad. I think the, the key here is, you know, I think we all agree that Elias Pettersson's in wait and see mode in terms of resigning with, with the Canucks, but what is he waiting to see? Is he waiting to see that this team is ready to contend or is he waiting to see that this team isn't going to be a disaster for the next five years? You know what I mean? So I think that's, and I feel like he's probably leaning towards, you know, is this team going to be a disaster? I don't want to sign on if this team's going to just completely fall apart. Like, you know, if the season starts and, you know, Susie and Cole are are definitely not top four guys, and and Hronik gets injured, and all of a sudden here we go again. Um, you know, I think that that would uh, discourage him from signing long term. So I, that that's sort of where where I stand, and what my you know I guess my guess on the situation is. I'm going to ask you this in two weeks' time as well, but where's where do you think the fan level of optimism is going into this season versus the last handful? It's funny. I feel like every year you make it through the summer, you you make it through training camp, and you get to that first game of the season, and everyone kind of goes. You start talking yourself into everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we Canucks fans, I think, have already talked themselves into uh, to Carson Soucy, right? A player that had very little profile in Vancouver before <laughs> before the Canucks signed him uh, has never been a top four defenseman, and right now everyone's you know 
writing them in, in the top four in ink. Uh, Maybe the better question is this then. It has the pessimism, because the pessimism also was there. Optimism's always yeah. going to be there because it's always fair with their fans. But has the pessimism level dipped a little bit, do you think? Do you, or do you think it's still as much there as it ever has been? Yeah, no, I, I think there's I, I think there's more optimism coming to this season. I think that there there's gonna be a lot of people that think that they can make the playoffs. I think they can make the playoffs. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on it. I think they're you know they're, the chances are better that they miss than than make it, but I think that they're they're kind of at the level that I've thought they were being at the last few years, which is kind of a borderline playoff team. Now they fell way short of that last season. Um, but that's sort of my read on it, as I feel like this is a borderline playoff team. And if if uh, a lot of things go right for them, then then they can make it in. And I think the big question this year is it's like all those little, the little things, the little intangibles, uh, you know, can this team be a, a more cohesive unit, a better defensively? Are these role players that they brought in the right role players? Are they going to be able to kill a penalty once in a while, right? Like all of those things, um, you know, under Rick Tockett, if, if that all comes together and they get great seasons from their star players, they definitely could be a playoff team for sure. Our first chance to talk to you since Quinn Hughes named captain, and uh, I understand you uh, were following uh, the juice beat. We're on the juice beat. With Quinn with Hughes. Scoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched him. I watched Quinn Hughes make uh, – make his own design. I mean, he carefully picked out the ingredients guys that, uh, glory juice in, uh, their Olympic. Is there beets? Do you put beets <laughs> there in? Were no beets. There no was, beets. I like beets in there. there was, I can tell you exactly what was in it guys. See, he, the, the final recipe, blueberry, strawberry, raspberry, ginger, banana, celery, apple, cucumber, coconut water, and lime. So, Mm, I did try good. it. It was, it was yeah. good. I'm not a much. I'm not yeah. a big ginger guy, so I might have taken out the ginger myself. Oh, I love ginger. Yeah. Love yeah. ginger. Yeah. Okay. So no, it, it. So he, you know, he's partnered with Glory Juice, and it's going to be on uh, on shelves to purchase this fall, and it's going to be the number forty three juice. Uh, and yeah, it was it was kind of a an interesting experience. I did, I wasn't expecting to to be uh, for it to go so long. Like I was there, I kind of joined midway through. Um, and, you know, spoke to him and interviewed him afterwards, but it was about an hour of like, you know, like carefully choosing these ingredients. Like he, it wasn't like he was like, okay, whatever, just put whatever you want in it. It was like, they were like, they were like, do you like coconut water? Like, do you like oat milk? Like all these kinds of of questions and a little pragmatic. Yeah, I know. And he's, he's tasting, he's like, well, yeah, that's not quite right. And then, yeah. So he, he he definitely got it to, to how he wanted it to taste. And, and, uh, it was was very high in vitamin C. <laughs> oh my! Slow Ex- clap. Oh Exits my. this way. Like Price, a father of four. Everybody, <laughs> in case you needed to know, uh, you think Atu Ratu should be one of the standouts this weekend in Penticton? Explain. I do. I think that this is a player that. I mean, if the Canucks had drafted him, right, and he'd been in the organization for a couple of years. People will be talking about Atu Ratu quite a bit right now. And it would be like, is, is this the year that he finally breaks through? Uh, it's because he's, you know, a trade acquisition. And I think that the, the um, I guess the, the expectations are maybe a little bit lower. And he's kind of flying under the radar a little bit now. I think that when the Canucks acquired him, that this was a player that people had high hopes for. He was, you know, playing NHL games, you know, as a 20-year-old. 
uh, on the island. And he came to the Canucks organization. He scored two goals with the Abbotsford Canucks after, after being acquired in uh, 25 games. It's a little underwhelming, right? So what, mm-hmm. so, so yep. who is Atu Ratu? Uh, you know, like you look at his, you know, as a teenager scoring 40 points in 41 games in Finland, that's a really impressive season. And, you know, against pro players, I, I, I expect, you know, him playing in the Young Stars tournament where the caliber of play is quite a bit down from, you know, from the NHL. This is a time where I think you want to see him come in and really, you know, look like a, a, a man against boys in, in some ways, right? A big body guy with lots of skill. Um, that's a guy that I think I've, I've got my eye on and, and want to see, you know, I want to be impressed by him uh, when I watch him play in uh, Pentate. Lastly, Rob, um, digital ad boards. And uh, this from Greg Wyshynski. The NHL has heard your criticisms, criticisms about their digitally enhanced Dasher boards after year one. They're considering some changes, but rejecting other fan gripes. I love how every time Batman and Daly get asked about something like this, there's always some sort of super secret fan feedback that they've received that tells you, oh, no, whatever you're seeing on social and whatever you're hearing out there by the water coolers and coffee pots is not the case. No. Because, well. It's not scientific. No. Yeah, exactly. Because, well, we have our own research that shows otherwise. Uh, what do you think about year two here of these digitally enhanced Dasher boards and, you know, whether the hockey public is just accustomed to them and ready to move on or if that's going to be an issue again this year watching games? Yeah, I, I love the quotes. It was a quote from the NHL's chief business officer and executive vice president of global partnerships, but it might as well have been from Batman. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was certainly the vocal minority. There's plenty of folks that think it's a much better viewing experience <laughs> to watch the game. Like, who... Who thinks it's a better viewing, better yes. viewing experience? I can understand some people being like, well, I'm not really that bothered by it. It just blends yes. in now. Fine. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's like you're insulting our intelligence by saying a better viewing experience. Like, oh my God, like I love these ads that are, you know, playing during, during the play, competing for my attention with all of these uh, animations and graphics going on during the play. Like, give me a break. Like, like who are you, who are you fooling with, with these quotes? So like I, that just was uh, yeah, I was blown away by the, the ridiculous uh, comments by the NHL there, but it's, you know, it's, it's classic, Classic Gary Bettman NHL, isn't it? Like, like everything is great. <laughs> yeah, everything yeah, is the, fabulous. Yeah. The, the follow-up quote: "The overwhelming sentiment was that the cleanliness of the boards is less jarring for the viewership; that it blends in more. Other than that, when the ads might change, where people notice it, the prevailing thought is they're kind of in the background. I, I do think you know, like, like this is it's it's here to stay. Obviously, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of money to be made with digital ad boards. I, I totally get it." They just need to stop moving everything so much in the, in the background, right? Like keep it a little bit more static. When, you, when you're watching the play and there's things like flying around, you know, if you want to do it before a puck drop or something like that, great. But I think if you're doing it mid-play, it just comes across really tacky and really, I don't know, just really like just scrounging for every bit of money that they can right like Mm -hmm. there's a reason why they don't why when the game's on they don't have like a giant ad 
in like taking up a third of the screen, right? Like mm-hmm. people would reject that, right? And and I think that people are rejecting it's distracting the, yeah, the amount of movement that they have going on on the on the digital yeah. app. More quotes from uh and we should get the name here. This is Keith Wachtel, who says there is occasionally funny memes of the car going one way and the player skating another way. Very infrequent. Super funny. Super funny meme. Oh. When you look at the totality of how many ads are running, we limit the movement to a few seconds. The, guys, the only people that, that that like this are the people that get to make the memes on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> I got yeah. I got to write I got to write an article about it last year. So like, you know, like you know, I didn't mind it. Was it content. In that moment. Yeah, it was, yeah content. it was some content yeah. for me, I will admit. So I did I did mm-hmm. enjoy that. But uh, yeah, otherwise no. The puck getting lost really doesn't happen. I mean, you're talking no. about 2,000 plus feeds and there can always be an issue with any technology, but that was really infrequent. I would venture to say that those that had trouble following the puck have trouble following the puck to begin with. Oh, <laughs> we're shaming them as non-hockey yeah, fans. You're not you a real fan. You're not a puck tracker. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. And for the record, like I did not have as big an adjustment to this last year as many. I don't want to say it was much ado about nothing because I know some people were loud in their dissent on this, but I really had no trouble with when it works. It's fine, but then it doesn't. Well, work I saw it glitch from time to yeah. time. Sure, uh, that's distracting, but I, yeah, yeah. They, this this wasn't the hill that I was going to get outraged on. But I am outraged, as Rob says, when the NHL and its executives basically try and tell you that black is white, which happens a lot in this league, yeah. sadly. Rob, fantastic stuff. You have a, a great weekend, and we'll catch up next Thursday. Thank you. Oh, to the people. To the people. We, yes. Let's go to those people, shall we? Have to go to the people. I miss the people there. It's been a long, frustrating time for people here. To the people. We go to the people we go brought to you by our man of the people, Jason Hominick of Jason mortgage. And a reminder, Jason doesn't just do residential mortgages. He does commercial mortgages too. If you're a business owner looking to buy your building, builder, developer, looking for options beyond your bank, get Jason's expert opinion. Find him at Jason mortgage. Let's jump straight into the great clips text message inbox. Cause it's always going to be great. This is uh, a measured nuanced response from mm-hmm. JC to this uh, Babcock stuff. and uh, Who's a measured nuanced guy? JC, how dare you be measured and nuanced when it should <laughs> only be outrage in one direction or the other? Where's the hysteria? Says, tell me I'm wrong. What based on the Blue Jackets organization report can both be true. And Babcock should consider himself fortunate as this is an innocuous way for him to learn that. One, he has zero benefit of the doubt. Two, his actions are judged by the way the players interpret them, not by his intentions. Three, he should focus on hockey. Four, any bonding with the players has to be initiated <laughs> by the player. Hot take, though. Both Tockett and Babcock will be Jack Adams finalists. Well, yeah. I mean, Jack Adams finalists tend to come from, if you don't have a team like Boston last year in Montgomery... Unexpected sources, unexpected right. performances. Teams that exceed expectations and move their way up from the bottom ranks of the National Hockey League into the, well, usually the playoff bar. Yes. you got to get into the playoffs in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So I can't sizzle the take, but I'll go hot because I don't think Columbus and Vancouver are both making the playoffs, but I'll go hot. Um, I, it's not, I don't want it to be true, but I'll sizzle it. I'll, I'll okay. think it's, I think Grady, it's out there. you're breaking a tie here. Talk it God, and Babcock. Oh. oh, yeah. Quickly. 
Jeez. decisively. You have to recap it for Jason and Cloverdale, what's worse? The Mariners can't score runs in low-scoring games, or the Seahawks can't stop the run to save their playoff lives? Playoff life. Um, well, we got a long way to go on the stop in the run yeah. with the Seahawks, yeah. Jason. Although the early returns were not great. I'll go with the Mariners. Tell me I'm wrong from great, Graham and Hardy. Says SFU tried to shut down football so they could spend money on the hockey program. That would be pretty crappy if they were doing that. Well, I'll tell you, you're, you're right. Like, I, I, mm. it does suspiciously look like that. And if you're just if you're Simon Fraser, despite your long rich history with football, mm-hmm. what do you think is the better way, the better chance to grab public attention for your school by playing football or by playing hockey in these parts? With, with rare exception, at that level, it's been football. Now, University of New Brunswick, maybe the University of Alberta, some of the Hockey power programs of what is now U Sport, and of course used to be CIS and CIA. But UBC saying we got a big weekend set against the University of Alberta doesn't catch a real, capture a lot of attention. If the NCAA teams start waking their way through here, if it's SFU versus Minnesota, if it's SFU versus Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Ohio State, I think that grabs attention. Blake, my alma mater, Carlton, cut football in 1999, and the athletic director said this will allow us to spend on other programs and be more competitive there, and what has risen from that is the best men's basketball program mm-hmm. the country has ever seen. And that's saying something because of what Ken Shields did. And football eventually Vic, returned. And football eventually returned. That all said, the sound of this practice facility, first of all, if I'm not mistaken, it's still just a club program. At SFU, yeah, it's right? a it's a really there's a, like an elevated club program like Arizona State was in this uh, for a, a long time, so the, it's more than just intramurals. It's a high end program. Also, it, it would sound like you would have donors like Francesco Aquilini who are earmarked for hockey. So, you know, to say oh they're spending the money on hockey, not football. Well, if a big donor like Aquilini says I'm giving you this money, but for you got to spend it on hockey, yeah. then your hands are tied. Yeah. I'll tell you you're wrong, Graham. There you go. You got a right and a wrong from the judging panel here. Uh, Dan, Aaron Rodgers' Jets career had five snaps, the last snap being his Achilles. Ooh, that was everywhere, Dan. Too soon, Dan. Too soon. I'm not sure there's original authorship there, but basketball yeah, that Phil. was making the circulation. A home and home exhibition series between Canada and the U.S. leading up to the Olympics has to take place in basketball. Yep. One game in Vegas where they train, one game in Toronto where they where we train. This must happen. I'll tell you right, Phil. Um, Pretty good And show. of course, this happened in advance of the Barcelona Olympics with a game in Portland, if I'm not mistaken. I believe our friend Al Chris Manson guarded Scotty Pippen that afternoon. How'd that go? Ask Al. <laughs> <laughs> Up at the Whistler Golf Club, shout out. Uh, on J-Pat's interview from Monday, Gordon says, Hughes is a player that the Canucks franchise has never had before. Vancouver has had a defenseman who hasn't had a defenseman even close to how good he is. He's not even 25 yet. I just hope that when they continue to surround their young captain with some veterans, they don't suddenly pull them all away like they did to Horvat after the 2020 playoff run. Well, that was pandemic revenue related, Gordon. We hope that, yes, uh, that they don't skimp out. And and to their infinite credit, the Aquilines, for the most part, have paid up on hockey matters. Uh, CH Pat says, I could never see EP40 as captain. He just didn't seem thrilled about it. Frankly, it's more important that Hughes has better ties to the team in the city than Patterson. 
Hughes has said several times he'd love to play with his brothers. It's clear to me that Pedersen is going to go chase the money and wins more than ties to this town. As an aside, if we can't sign Pedersen, could it be traded into whom? For what back? For a lot back, yes. And virtually every club in the NHL would be interested. On Twitter about Hughes, Daddy C2 seems very passive for the role. I hope to be proven wrong, but there doesn't seem to be a good option. I think you're in the minority, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he, uh, I think he and Pedersen and even Miller for we saw a lot of people voting Miller mm-hmm. for this. Yeah, uh, James, I'm happy for QH, but in my opinion, many fans and media place far too much importance on the captaincy. Play winning hockey, be a team we can get behind and happily support. And the captain could be Donald Duck for all I care. I don't think he's eligible. Um, I am doesn't uh, seem to have the temperament as well. No, There's a he's, lot he's, of Donald Duck is there. very JT Miller like. Actually, yeah. feathers flying. I can understand JT Miller a little bit better. Poor, uh, what are the nephews again? Huey, Huey Dewey, Dewey, and Louie. Louie. Yeah. yeah. What are you about? <laughs> so I knew if I just extended that long enough, Grady, he would break out as Donald Duck. Because <laughs> I've heard it before. Young stars, who are you mo- most interested in seeing? Donnie says 100% Ratu the most. Have yet to see why all the hype would be a great... Would be great if he's a legitimate threat to step into the 3C role. Should excel in this tournament, we'll see. Uh, Canucks Army's Daniel G. in reply. The Youngstars tournament, at its core, is fairly disorganized hockey. It's chaotic and rewards motor-based players. See Tristan Nielsen last year. That could be more a rough environment for Rat to succeed in, especially a player who is more of a low-paced, system-based Execute. Hundred percent agree with uh, yeah, Daniel. Yeah, like, no, we've talked about this before as well. That it's not the prettiest hockey necessarily. It rarely is. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Quinn being named captain, Mike on Instagram, love it. I believe he's the right choice. Even Keel Thoughtful gives an honest assessment. He's a safe pick to be sure. I hope this helps his name come quicker to the minds of the media backies. Good point, Mike. As I think he will always be in danger of slipping out of their minds as one of the best defensemen in the league. Hadn't even considered that, Mike. Well, you're quite right. Maybe if he's the captain of the Vancouver Canucks, he's going to get a little more love on Norris Trophy voting. He's going to get a little bit more love for his defensive improvement over the last couple of seasons, and we sure hope going forward as well. From Facebook, Anita says, I'm a little surprised they made the announcement already instead of at the home opener like they did the last couple of times with Henrik and Horvat. As Alvin mentioned, Anita, they wanted a fresh start, leave no doubt, no campaigning, no questions. Here's our captain from day one of training camp. And, of course, you may remember the last captain on ice ceremony where one captain, perhaps the all-time Canuck, Notably was absent. notable yeah. by his absence in Trevor Lindy. Final tell me I'm wrong. Uh, NFL has responded to the 17-game season by discounting preseason even more and using week one as the tune-up, and it's led to stinky football. It should improve, but this yeah. may become normal or worse if they stretch out further to an 18-game schedule. I, I, I will say this. I, I don't. You know, the hysteria coming out of week one is a little more muted in a 17-game schedule. I mean, the game does count, so you can call it a tune-up all you want. The end of the year, if you're a game back of the playoffs or a game back of home field. I think more of the point is that the coaches are more are more willing to roll the dice on yeah, the performances uh, of fair. week one. That's fair. Because um, you don't see the starters, especially the quarterbacks, playing as much yeah. in the preseason. But, you know, and, and this we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, – the, uh, 
load management stuff in the NBA and and possibly in the NHL. You know, it, it, I don't th- I don't think the NFL can afford to go to 18 games because then they're going to have to watch load management even more than they already have in games that mean nothing at the end of their schedule. So I can't imagine an 18 game schedule. With the head coach of the British Columbia Lions, Rick Campbell, in advance of their home game Saturday, 4 p.m. at BC Place against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Coach, how are we doing? Pretty good. We're excited to get back at it. We had a, a week off, but we've uh, got a few extra practices in, and then we got into our Ottawa week, and I think everybody's uh, itching to play again. I was going to ask you, do you have a bye week template now, Rick? Does every bye yeah. week get treated the same, or do you sort of change things up from time to time? Uh, during the season, it's, it's, uh, pretty standard. We'll, we have time to what we call self scout with the coaches about what we're doing well and what needs improvement, those things. And then, uh, we, we got two extra practice days when you give the players a chunk of time off. I always find it's good to get back in the swing of things. And then we get into our normal prep week. It's hard to just flip the switch. So we use those couple extra days to, to get back in the swing of things, which I think helped. And then, like I said, now we're on day three of our uh, Ottawa prep. So I'll bite coach. What are you, what are you doing well this year? What, what needs improvement after the self scout? We need to keep the penalties low as, as always helps. And that goes with the negative plays. Like this isn't rocket science, but we're a good enough team where if we're not going backwards, either through penalties or, or negative offensive plays, you know, where we're not getting in second and extra long, we're, we're pretty tough. So um, those are things that, that we can control for the most part. So that's, uh, that's the one is to make sure we're getting out of our own way, way to start. And then, um, you know, there's always things you can improve on and, um, you know, we do a lot of things well. And, you know, when we're, this is when it gets fun is we have six games to go. A lot of things can happen in the standings. And so, uh, you know, this is where it gets exciting. You never want to lose games. You never want to lose back-to-back games. But does the two-game skid, and, and it's actually well in the rearview mirror because of the bye week. It was weeks ago. Um, but was that a good little punch in the mouth? And I know it has a cost in the standings because you do want to be on top spot, and it does maybe cost you against the Bombers in the short term. But um, do you need a wake-up call before the stretch run? Um, I think if losing helps somebody refocus or re-energizes or lights a fire, I'm all for it. I've never, I've never seen our guys though go through a practice week casually or treating it casually. So mm-hmm. that hasn't been an issue for us as far as work ethic. But you know, sometimes maybe it does get you to refocus, and um, you know, losing definitely always helps you appreciate winning. So um, it's a long, it's a long haul, an eighteen game season, and our guys, I, I've appreciated their their work ethic and how they go about their business, but. We also have to always have our energy levels got to be up. Our urgency levels got to be up. And it's going to be no different coming down the home stretch. Give us the latest health update. We know uh, Bola Combo is a, a problem in the weeks to come. But uh, anybody else uh, that we should be up to date on? Uh, Bo is uh, not playing this week. But the news has been much better than maybe we thought it could have been. So he could be oh. a guy that comes back sooner than later. So I don't have the exact timeline, but I know if you ask Bo, he he wants to be back in a matter of a couple of weeks, which would be great. 
and I and our after getting some appointments done and some checkups done, it's the news has gotten better, which is good. And then Dom Dom Rhymes is another guy that won't be playing this week, but that should be back sooner than later. And we expect him to start practicing. And we really wanted to make sure with him that he is feeling a hundred percent and that he can be an impact guy for us down the home stretch. And when we when we put him on the sixth game, which is the longer term injury thing, the idea was to not have him fight through things is like, let's get a reset, make sure your body's feeling good. And, and, you know, as you know, he can be a huge impact player for us. And that's what we're hoping for, you know, as we get into the, the last month of the season. Hey coach, one of the uh, unique things about your team is the two British Columbian starting linebackers, Abbotsford's Bo Lacombo aforementioned yeah. and Vernon's Ben Hladek. A word or two about those two guys and what they've meant to your team this year. Good players, good work ethic. Um, I think it's a total, it's a, it's a bonus that they're from BC. We don't do that on purpose to say that, but we always, I always think it's a good deal to have local kids, BC kids. The more that we have on our team, I think it's just, it's good because they're proud to be from here. I think they represent the community well. They live here. All those things are good things for our organization and the big picture. Like I said, we don't just make a decision strictly on that, but I think it's pretty cool that they're, they're both from here and, um, They've been they've been doing well. They don't start because they're from BC or because they're Canadian. They start because there are there are guys. Ottawa has a, a memory, perhaps, of what's happened in in years gone by uh, in this building. Uh, do you, Do you feel like they're going to be rising up for this uh, this game? Yeah, the thing, couple things about Ottawa. One is they play everybody close. You know, like they they you can look at their games. They don't get blown out. It's all it all comes down to the wire. They just haven't had the knack for winning the close games. And then the other thing with us is I, I, I think we are, and I hope we're completely over as far as who we're playing is we need to be playing good football, regardless these last six weeks, regardless of who we end, who, who we play. And so we need to be a team that's hitting our stride and, and, and playing well. So the focus really has to be out about us. Of course, we're going to game plan. Of course, we're going to watch film, all that, but, we need to be concerned about the guys in the mirror, not the, the, the people across on the other sideline and, and play as good a football as we can play. And, and when we do play at a high level, we're going to win more than we lose. Rick, you, uh, of course, famously coached uh, Ottawa to a 2016 Grey Cup championship, the first for that city in 40 years. Did you learn something about that season, about that team that has become a part of your coaching program? Yeah, you definitely learn a lot. That was my first coaching job. Um, it was a huge part of my professional career and my personal life it was uh um to to go out to ottawa and start something from new and um i yeah you really learn um we went on a pretty good run where we went to the great cup three out of four years and a lot of that had to do with people so you'd need talent for sure there's no question that talent has to be part of the equation but in pro sports everything's really close and the talent level is close so you need as many quality people um Throughout their organization, players, coaches, football ops, everybody that, you know, one can can fight through the tough times when you lose and also find ways to win tough games. And um, I think that's a, an important thing to remember. It's a people people business. And when you watched Aaron Rodgers go down, did you get ideas like all the rest of us? Yeah, I, I fully I'm a fully full believer he can play in the NFL. Uh, we were full believers, you know, when we, I remember when we announced him as our starter and we said it wasn't going to be a competition, you know, there were several people looking at us like we were crazy, but 
if you hang around the guy long enough and you see how he operates and you see how he never backs down from a challenge, um, I, I sure hope he gets a legit shot at some point. But the big thing is he's got his foot in the door. And that's part of why he went was that he knew he could have a year there and where he's, you know, he's on film now playing in preseason games. He'll also be around there. And um, that's kind of a key in the NFL is just getting your foot in the door to get a chance. So it was pretty cool on the sideline when, you know, we were obviously playing a game when he had that highlight thing that they showed on the, on the scoreboard, which was uh, obviously fun to see. And, you know, he's still got a, he still got a lot of friends here. He got, he got married and, you know, a whole group of our players went to his wedding this summer and, um, you know, we're obviously going to be rooting for him to make it there. And if for some reason he doesn't, then, uh, we'd obviously welcome him back. He's seen that film too, by the way. He, he was very touched by it. So he, he, he knows he, uh, he gets the love from you guys. So that's I saw it the second time because they showed it twice and it was during a timeout. So I didn't, I heard some, I heard, you know, I heard, uh, yeah. heard people, heard people, you know, cheering and all that stuff. And it was during a timeout. So then I looked up the second time and I saw it and. You're like, that's, that's Nathan. That's what he does. Well, and you're right. And CFL guys often go down at the age of 28 and they get one kick at that can. And he's got, he's got a few kicks at this can, I think. Probably, yeah. You know? yeah. And he's only 25 years old. You forget that he's been playing pro football for three years. That's the other advantage he has is there's some guys that go into the NFL and have never played pro football, but he's had to be a starting quarterback and pro football and do all those things. So all that stuff should help him out. Awesome coach. Thanks for talking. Harrison Price from Wall Center. Presentation Apple at Auto Group. You can text us 778-402-9680. The Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips. It's going to be great. Bulldog poll question results from yesterday. Will Akita Hirose be an NHL regular this season? Blake, yes or no? What won the poll? Mm, they said no. Correct. Percentage? 64. 51. Woo! At one point, I looked at this yesterday. There was like seven, 800 votes in, somewhere like that. It was running exactly 50-50. So the late surge, the mail-in ballots, mm-hmm. did you run, Akito Hirose? Maybe you should storm the Capitol with your supporters now. Wow. Um, Pucker Glenn, voting no, should get a share of call-ups with a bunch of healthy scratches, but not a regular. Rob, or Robin, says he's a very smart player. I don't want to see him as the seventh guy. He's not going to get regular minutes as a four to six guy. Then let him haul big minutes in Abbey until a spot shows. I mean, he would get regular minutes as a four to six guy, certainly for four. Gosh. But I think that's probably a bit above his weight class right now. Canadian Hustler says, I chose yes because I think he would be a perfect pairing with Tyler Myers. Myers gets traded. I would have to reevaluate. Someone say if Myers gets traded, he might have more opportunity. And then Bobby G says, I will let you know after I see him play this weekend in Penticton. Good on you, Bobby. Enjoy the games at you, the Young Stars. YouTube, he won, yes, 56, with oh, the wow. top comment being, he's way better than Rathbone. Mm. Interesting to see how Rathbone shakes oh, out Oh, Rathbone here is because, like the forgotten guy right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It's, if I was Jack Rathbone, I would have... Spent all summer in the gym putting on LBs and muscle. And good summer, 
Great summer. I would have had a great summer. Big summer. Yeah. And uh, and I would be hitting guys. And I know that's not his game, but you got to come out of your shell a little bit and prove that you're developing something. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I hope we see an aggressive Jack Rothman. I think he's a, I think he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's clearly fighting an uphill battle in oh, the yeah. eyes of the coaches. He's got to clean up the defensive zone and not to oh, look too much into that clip from yesterday with Kuzmenko at practice. But Rathbone was on the other side of that and kind of just still. I, I've never, seen, I've never seen Kuzmenko move like that. That was an unbelievable clip, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, go to Rinkwide's uh, yeah. Twitter. It's uh, worth the. I think it was eight seconds. The edge work from Kuzmenko there, we didn't see him. See, and I wonder if that's the next step for Kuzmenko's development here, Mm -hmm. is that we didn't see Kuzmenko play selfishly a lot. He was just a finisher. Mm -hmm. Like, could Kuzmenko be like a a player that makes a play? Mm -hmm. I want to see him shoot more, too. I think he had like 170 shots or something. High shooting percentage, which will come down. I want to see him shoot more. Arizona missions from yesterday's program. I said three players on the Canucks roster with NHL games. It's four. Anything else, Grady? Yes, on myself. Uh, You've not had a good week here. No. I would have thought last week would have been the rough week coming back from mm-hmm. vacation and all. but uh, This is two weeks in a row. Ugh, the word September. Forgot mm. that, that B at the end. Mm, September. 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 You say it mm-hmm. fast. Yes, yeah, September eighth. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I'll be better. I promise. And thank you to Jason in the Great Clips inbox for noting that for me. I have a friend at my local. He's Australian. I like to hear him say numbers. Numbers. Fourteen. Oh, fa- <laughs> fourteen. Fourteen. Time for Blake's Bodog line of the day. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. So you like what you got. I know this is a bit of a cop out, but there's a reason why I'm getting to this. Because mm-hmm. if it was at home, I think I would choose something different. But Whitecaps beating TFC, exact score, I'm going 2 1. Mm. There's no way that TFC's being held off the score sheet with the new coach, the new gaffer in John Herdman. You think they're going to push for a goal just to have some moment to take away? Yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna find mm-hmm. a goal somewhere here. Um Somehow, but I think the Caps are better, and I mm-hmm. think the Caps are motivated, and I think it's a two-one victory, which you know is your soccer score. I get it, but I, I think this one actually makes a lot of sense. Two-one, it's plus seven seventy-five to get a two-one Caps victory on your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A, remem- a reminder: subscribe to us and Rinkwide wherever you get your podcast. Follow on social: that's Twitter, Insta. TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube, and of course, support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local.